You're listening to In the Family Way with your hosts, Eleanor Prado and Alexandra Tran. This podcast is about all things pregnancy, labor, and postpartum. On it, you'll hear short, uncensored information regarding starting a family. You may want to throw on some headphones, because when we say uncensored, we mean uncensored. If you're overwhelmed by all the confusing and conflicting info out there on the internet and in books surrounding pregnancy, labor, and parenthood, stay tuned and subscribe. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to In the Family Way. This is our first official episode, and we are so excited to be here with you today. I'm Alex. And I'm Eleanor. And today we really want to talk about the differences between a midwife, an OBGYN, and a doula. Yeah, I get this question all the time. From everyone. From everyone. Mm -hmm. And even people that I've explained this to before. Multiple times. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. As a doula, I get questions about how many babies have you delivered? Have you done any C-sections? You know, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so there's a disconnect, I think. Right. We can Same here. Same here. So, I mean, and this is really important because a lot of people don't realize that they can have different options as far as providers between an OBGYN and a midwife. So I really would like to cover this. So we'll go ahead, I guess, kick it off with midwives. Sure. That sounds great. Okay. So basically what a midwife is, is somebody who is medically trained. They have expertise and skills in supporting people to maintain healthy pregnancies and have optimal births and recoveries during the postpartum period. So, I mean, midwives have been around for Forever. Forever. Since <laughs> since humans have been yeah, around. Since humans have been procreating, <laughs> midwives have been there. Yeah. There are different types of midwives. There's different types. Depending on, you know, what state you are in. They deal with the licensure that comes to, you know, regulating midwives and their practices. And here in Texas, uh, we see a lot of certified nurse midwives. And so what that is, is it's actually a registered nurse who's gone on to have their masters and they in, in midwifery. This is a provider that is going to be able to attend births. They're going to be able to perform annual exams, give counseling, and even write prescriptions. In addition to certified nurse midwives, direct entry midwives are under the Credential CM for certified midwife or CPM for certified professional midwife. Both midwives are trained to provide the midwifery model of care to low-risk birthing people and newborns, primarily in out-of-the-hospital settings. Currently, 35 states recognize CPMs and allow them to practice. Six states allow CMs to practice, and all 50 states allow CNMs to practice. Yeah, and both of them are highly regulated. Of course, yeah. um, One is not easier than the other one. Correct, and I think, you know, within those differences – a certified nurse midwife can maybe do a few more procedures that a direct entry midwife could not do. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that their midwifery skills are any different. Correct. And of course, it's going to depend state to state. So definitely check and see what your state allows as far as midwifery practice. So Eleanor, what would you say the midwifery model of care look like? So I think with midwives, the care is really about the whole person. So what's happening not only physically to a mother during pregnancy and labor, but also what's going on emotionally and psychologically. Uh, Midwifery appointments are typically 30 minutes to an hour, especially the earlier ones I would say easily would go up to an hour. I remember from my pregnancies, my midwifery appointments sometimes were an hour and a half, two hours (laughs) because we would get to talking. (laughs) and they would just go on for a long time. 
the reason why it lasts so long is because it's not just necessarily about checking in on the baby and seeing, you know, what is your fundal height and what is your blood pressure and all of that, that, that happens in the appointment, but there's definitely a larger conversation surrounding lifestyle. Um, midwives typically want your birth partner or your support person to be with you during those appointments and they participate in the appointments. They're asking questions. They're getting to know them. There's a lot of questions about lifestyle. What are you eating? What are you craving? Um, what's going on mentally for you? Any anxiety, any any fears leading up to labor? From my personal experience, it's less about how much you're gaining during pregnancy, but more about what you're eating mm-hmm. during pregnancy yeah. that matters to a midwife. Another thing that might be different about a midwifery appointment versus an appointment at like a doctor's office with an OBGYN is the technology might be a little bit different for how the midwife is monitoring your baby. Right. Um, And so instead of getting an ultrasound at every single visit, which you may get at a doctor's office or more like traditional OBGYN, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be using a Doppler uh, Mm -hmm. to monitor the baby's heartbeat. There are some midwives that are even okay with you never getting an ultrasound your entire pregnancy, Mm -hmm. Um, depending on the midwife, right? Some midwives are, uh, they feel more comfortable with clients who are having ultrasounds during their pregnancies and and require ultrasounds at certain points of their pregnancies but other midwives um really leave that up to the decision it differs and it really just depends on you know their their practice and what they choose so midwifery is essentially a great option for those individuals who have low-risk pregnancies and would like a more holistic type of birth experience also most midwives will see people with uteruses for well care which includes family planning, and even sometimes fertility assistance like, you know, intrauterine insemination. Of course, not every midwife covers the same scope of practice, so definitely take a look around for the midwife that best fits what you're looking for. So moving on, what is an OBGYN? We hear that term thrown around a lot, and essentially an OBGYN stands for an obstetrician gynecologist. That is a medical doctor who has two subspecialties, both obstetrics, which is working with pregnant people and delivering babies either vaginally or surgically, and gynecology, which is helping patients manage the female reproductive system. This includes things like family planning, well exams, treating sexually transmitted diseases, chronic pain, etc. So compared to seeing a midwife, how do you think seeing an OBGYN differs? So I think one of the biggest differences between the care of an OB versus a midwife that mm-hmm. that I've come into contact with is that an OB, like you mentioned earlier, is very clinical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're going to be really focused on numbers and data. And this is not to knock doctors. There are wonderful OBGYNs that we've worked with in this Most industry. Definitely. It's just a different level of care and it's a different form of care. So as some people are more comfortable with that than others, I definitely think it's good to explore your options. Uh, and if you are have a higher risk pregnancy, we're really lucky that there is this uh, OBGYNs that are available to to take care of you. Right. Um, which is, I think, you know, a big focus of OB care can be is the extraordinary circumstances, the high risk pregnancies, someone who is needing to schedule a C-section or needing a C-section for a particular medical reason. Right. And like you said earlier, it's wonderful that we have that Mm -hmm. available to us exactly so tell me what a doula is a big question for for anybody who's just tuning in we eleanor and myself are both doulas that's how we met yeah so we both we met a la madeline (laughs) 
<laughs> eating bread and cake at one of our meetups. Yeah. And um, so basically, you know, doulas are have been around, I, I would say, as early as midwives have been around. Oh, most definitely. There's <laughs> documentation of doulas in pretty much any historical writings where women are giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not necessarily have been called a doula, but there's always helpers there mm-hmm. helping support people, uh, supporting people giving birth. And so that's pretty much exactly what a doula is. The word comes from a Greek word, which means servant woman or helper. Right. Mm-hmm. And a doula is basically a trained professional who is going to provide continuous physical support emotional support and informational support to someone who is having a baby and this can be during their pregnancy this can be during labor for a birth doula it's typically shortly after labor postpartum there's Mm -hmm. also postpartum doulas as well which we'll have to do another episode Mm -hmm. where we talk about the differences between the different types of doulas but for birth doulas they are providing that kind of support so how are we different from a midwife or an OBGYN is that we're not doing the medical side of things correct I typically like to say that I'm waist up even though it's more like (laughs) butt and hips up because I will definitely press on a butt or labor yeah Um, it happens but I don't do vaginal exams I don't catch babies I don't deliver babies. I'm not checking the baby's heartbeat during labor. I'm not, um, you know, like I said, I'm not seeing how many centimeters dilated you are. We just basically do not give medical advice. So you are, you know, we get really close with our clients. I talk to my clients almost every single day and they'll ask me and they'll, you know, it's just natural to want to be like, well, what do you think? And I always have to tell them, like, it doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, you know, this is what you are going through right now. Here are the benefits. Here are the risks. This is from the data that I've collected over the years and, and what I'm constantly reading. And, you know, you are very smart and you're going to be able to make this decision. I'll support you either way. So it doesn't matter if you want to circumcise or if you don't. I'm going to support you regardless. Yeah. Or a planned C-section or an unmedicated home birth. Right. right? Vitamin um, K or not. Yeah, or exactly. Whatever. So I think that's a huge thing about doulas is that we are there to give the information and the education to educate yourself Mm -hmm. so that when you're going when you're choosing your birth and you're making decisions throughout your labor even as labor potentially could change you feel very empowered in those decisions because you feel like they're not decisions that are being forced upon you but they're decisions that you're making with you know, clarity of mind and all Mm -hmm. of that. And then as far as physical and emotional support goes, especially during labor, we are great at that because we know what labor looks like. Mm -hmm. Each time you go into childbirth, it's going to be a little bit different. different. So you could have, uh, this could be your first time and you really don't know what it looks like or, you know, what the different phases are going to be or if you're going to be able to know when it's time to go to the hospital. Or even if you've gone through a vaginal birth the first time and you're going to have a plan C-section the next, or if you you've had two C-sections and you're going into a trial of labor to attempt a vaginal birth after cesarean. So each birth is going to look a little different and we've experienced all of these different scenarios. So it's really having somebody there as, you know, just kind of as a, a physical presence and an emotional support person to let you know, like, this is okay. And, you know, if you're at home laboring and something isn't looking right, we're definitely be like, my spidey sense is tingling and it's, it's time to scoop boot on in. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. definitely. And I think what our presence allows a lot of families to do is relax. Allow them to really just experience and be present during the birth. 
during yeah. this the first and second stage of, of labor and let support it partners can just be their support partner they don't also have to be the birth coach and the one remembering all the pros and cons of this particular medicine and mm-hmm. the one remembering you know what are contraction patterns supposed to look like and what are the birth positions that I'm supposed to do and right. how exactly do I push on this butt oh what's that breathing technique again right. and all because of that because there really are so many like I, sometimes I walk into client houses and they've purchased so many labor aids. Yeah. Like different blow up chairs, different things. And I, and I was like, you could have asked me because I would have told you not to buy this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because really, I mean, it gets really expensive and you may use this for a little bit. It might be awesome. You might love it at the time. But we can also rig up some other stuff to yeah. work really well, too. So it, it, it really benefits uh, these families to have a person who's experienced birth so many times and can let you know this is a normal stage of labor. You're doing a really good job. You know, partner, come stand over here. Place your arms here. Mm-hmm. I like to make it romantic I'm like tell me about when you guys first met oh I do that in my prenatals too yeah I'm like really like and and I I always love when like partners be like I just knew when I looked in her eyes and I was like oh you're so cute that's so cute that's so good so I want to emphasize that a doula can work in any birth situation so if you're planning a scheduled c-section a doula is great to have because they can walk you through all the procedures and the emotion that Mm -hmm. comes from planning a scheduled c-section a c-section is a valid birth it's just as valid as a birth that happens at home unmedicated in a bathtub whatever and that deserves to feel like a special experience for you and having that bank of knowledge and having that emotional support and even physical support helping you manage navigating postpartum with a c-section scar is very very important and there's a lot of information out there and we get to be your Google so that you're not up Googling for hours. You can ask a question and we'll mm-hmm. do all the research and we'll provide you with the answer. Right. Um, and I feel like and we funnel through a lot of the shit. We do funnel through a lot of the shit. And to kind of circle back to C-sections, I I actually enjoy being that support person through C-sections. A lot of times there's so much chaos mm-hmm. while they're doing the cesarean. Oh, most definitely. Um, it's so, so you need fast. to know. Right. You need to know what your options are because just because you're in the operating room does not mean you lose your body autonomy. Correct. So we definitely have a uh, birth preference that I go through them with. And I'm like, do you want, are you normally very cold? We can have extra blankets brought Mm -hmm. in. We can ask the staff to not talk if if you're very overwhelmed by being in surgery. Mm -hmm. We can ask that your partner is the first one to speak to your baby instead of Mm -hmm. all the, you know, the chaos that's going around. There's a lot of things that we can still do while we're in the operating room. And, you know, there's also different feelings like nausea may come up and or the smells and the sights exactly. and all of that of C-sections mm-hmm. that comes. It's it's important to be prepared for that. Right. And I always encourage the parents like, don't worry, I know you want to send your partner to go check on the baby. But having a support person there means that you're not alone. So, dad, mm-hmm. you know, dad or whoever that support person is can go ahead and walk over to the, the warmer and check on the baby while they're taking them and, and getting them ready. And I'll stay with you to make sure you're not, you're alone. not alone. And I can tell you everything that's happening. Whereas, you know, sometimes you get like a really good staff in the room and they're they're letting you know what's happening. And then I've been in some where they're just busy and they're not even paying attention. Well, to and mom. that's the thing, right? They're busy and they're doing their job. And that's, right. the, and that's the same thing why doulas matter at home births and or birth center births with midwives as well. There may be a moment in labor 
where your midwife is busy doing her job, checking on your vitals, checking on baby's vitals, whatever it is. And they may not be able to talk to you and support you in that moment if that's an emotional moment or a painful moment for you during labor. Mm -hmm. And so having a doula there can provide that support when they need to focus on their job. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, in the the operating room, they're busy, they're doing their jobs, they're Mm -hmm. getting done what needs to get done. They don't necessarily have time to tell you mm-hmm. what they're doing right and and that goes back to just being in you know birth in the hospital setting so mm-hmm. say you know people are like well there's going to be a lot of nurses there right I'm like yeah there are a lot of nurses and having a doula there to focus on the emotional and the physical moving you into different positions lets the nurses really take care of the medical aspect and you know look at everything that the doctor has prescribed and mm-hmm. all the different steps to take so we're all working together it's it's basically just you know you have different roles that can help you have the best birth outcome possible and the most positive birth outcome, no matter what you ultimately decide to do. Yeah. So in a nutshell, midwife can definitely support your pregnancy, can definitely give you a great birth, Mm -hmm. uh, tends to only care for low-risk pregnancies. Right. And an OBGYN can do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. They can also manage higher-risk pregnancies and perform C-sections. So then a doula can attend any type of birth Mm -hmm. we provide the information we provide the emotional support we can provide physical comfort and support Mm -hmm. during labor and we do not catch babies or do any of the medical aspects of things but we are a great addition and I would say in a very important and I would say a very vital part of the birth team regardless of where it's going to be yeah, of course. Home, birth center, by a stream with a deer in the background, at a hospital, <laughs> on your roof, in a fox in a box. A fox in a <laughs> box. Fox and sucks. Fox in box. Exactly. Fox and sucks. Who sucks? Who sucks? Who exactly. sucks? Who sucks? <laughs> and I promise we're not always this annoying. Can you tell I have a two-year-old? And there's, you know, I think what's great is there's a, is there's a doula for everybody. There's, there's a doula all, for everybody. All sorts of personalities. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you have. Future episode. Yeah. We can definitely dive into this one. But I mean, just in our doula group alone, we have like a sporty doula. And then we have like a nerdy data doula. And then we have the Latina heat doula. And then we have, <laughs> you know, just all sorts of different. And then you just have us. Yeah. And then there's us. We're the <laughs> funny there's ones. <laughs> the funny loud ones. We're the ones so. who curse a lot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Drink beer, curse, and talk about mucus plugs. That's yeah. exactly what we do. Pretty much. High five, friend. We're great. <laughs> So essentially, in a nutshell, that's what the difference is between midwives, OBGYNs, and doulas. I think every provider has its place in the birth world. It just depends on what kind of birth you envision, what you're looking for. Also, it depends on if you're low risk or high risk. There's a lot that goes into it. So definitely, you know, do your research, get online, read books. And if you're just starting the process, you can definitely... I think it's never too early to hire a doula. Oh, yeah. I have helped clients find providers. Exactly. They hire me before they have their OBGYN or midwife, and I help them mm-hmm. find ones yeah. that are great. I'm, I always let them know. I was like, here are the people who I work with most often. 
Mm -hmm. I, you know, and that they're not better than anybody else, but these are the ones that I know. And then also like talk to your insurance. If you don't have insurance, this is different routes that you can go to. And just being in the birth community, you know, you, you just meet a lot of people and, and I love it. I can help, you know, aim people in the right direction. So to end every episode, I love to talk about self-care and mm -hmm. I would love to hear what you did this past week to take care of yourself. I'm proud of myself because I actually was able to give myself a foot scrub in the shower, like a, a ghetto pedicure, nice. which I was really happy to do because they were like bricks. So oh, yeah, my feet look gross. Don't look at them. I know. I the miss, table. and this is like total first world problems, but I miss going to get my pedicure every two, three weeks because it was like that one thing that I used mm. to do for just myself. Yeah. Like sometimes you get these really hard uh, shifts and you're just exhausted and to have somebody just take care of you with your feet in hot salty water it's just amazing <laughs> it's so really nice. but I did appreciate it I like bought something from Walmart it looks like a cheese grater and mm. I really just went to town on them and, and I came out and I was like wow I haven't seen my pink the bottoms of my feet in so long <laughs> so that was my moment of how I took care of myself this week that's pretty great I I mean that sounds I highly recommend it. It was like four dollars. Okay, so I was I'm gonna happy have to about invest that. because yeah. my feet are looking pretty. Don't crusty. tell if you ha if you know a podiatrist. Do not tell them because oh, I no, think they're you're like not really bad for your feet. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> like horrible. That's, yeah, yeah. So, but that was like my moment. I mean, I don't know how else to take care of them. Like, I don't either. I don't know. What I know else you're to like do. not supposed to do. It, but I, like, I kind of want to try one of those like baby foot. I have one. I'll give you one. Really? Does it work? It does. You look like oh, I want to do it. A mummy. I just don't want to like spend thirty bucks on it. You know. No, I bought an off-brand one from Kohl's one nice. day, and I did it, and it really, really works. Girl. But you gotta be, you gotta be ready to have. That's nothing. That is nothing. Nasty. I should have taken a picture of my before. They're nasty. So, but no, it really works. So I have that that oh, uh, excited. feet peeling thing. It's, I love peeling. You put it skin. on. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to peel your skin. You have to just let it I go. I know you have to let it go. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, how did you take care of yourself this week? So I took care of myself this week by stealing some alone time. That is Trump's mine. It was amazing. <laughs> so I've been caring for my sister's cats as she's out of town. And she actually lives pretty close to us. Well, she lives in D.C., but she's home with her parents right now mm -hmm. because her job is virtual. And after three and a half months of not seeing another human person, uh, she's she needed to be around people. So she how, moved back in with her I parents. I see how that would affect you. Yeah. So she is out of town right now on some work stuff. And she asked me to take care of her cats while she was out of town for the last two weeks. So I've been going over there every day with my kids and taking care of her cats. This past week, there was a day where we got really busy and it was really late and it was just one of those like my kids needed to go to bed. Mm -hmm. So after my kids went to bed, I made myself a chai latte. Mm -hmm. So good. <laughs> and I went over there and I sat in her house in the dark with her cat purring on my lap and with in silence, except for the purring mm -hmm. and drank my tea and for about 30, 45 minutes. That sounds I don't know how you didn't fall asleep there. Like, I was I great. Like, <sighs> I was so, I think <laughs> I was out. so wired up from the, the day because it yeah. had been a really stressful day with virtual school and all of that. And mm -hmm. um, it was beautiful. It was uh, really what kind beautiful. of cat does she have? I don't know. He is really big and really long haired and white 
cream colored and fluffy. Ooh, pretty. I, I, know, I don't know why I asked that because I don't know anything about cats. I know nothing about cats except that, you know, litter box and feeding and pet Oh, do you them. have to clean the litter box? How, gone, yeah, how long every is day. she gone? Oh, it's like an everyday thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to clean it out every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cats love me. When I go to client houses, they're yeah. always like, like follow me around i'm like oh my god please i'm i'm horribly allergic to cats so i'm just like you're beautiful i love you you have huge eyes please don't stay touch away my from face. me <laughs> you are gorgeous it's especially hard yeah. when they crawl so into the crib you would not be able to deal with my friend's cat because he her mom swears that he has a brain injury okay. because he is super verbal and vocal and he will literally climb all over you. He doesn't care who you are. He mm-hmm. climbs all over you. He rubs against you. At one point, he crawled up on me and he licked my glasses. Like, he's <laughs> very affectionate. In your face. He's very affectionate. So, <laughs> you would be dead. You would need yeah. an EpiPen. <laughs> And they're so beautiful, but I just can't. I'm just a dog person. Uh, I'm a lizard person looking at my lizard right now. So but that's pretty much it. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening today. We hope you love this episode because we have to answer the questions all the time. And I really hope that we can just play it for people whenever they ask us. (laughs) (laughs) Go find my podcast episode. Yeah, exactly. We'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search up In the Family Way podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find us too. We'll be back again soon. Bye. Bye.